want you to open your Bible with me to First Samuel chapter 4. And then I am recording this particular message for reference, purpose of reference. Most of the messages that were taken through the meetings, some of them have been recorded and will be made available very soon so that we can possibly listen to it and reflect back on what we learned throughout the fasting and prayers. But I want to say thank you very much for everyone who was able to join to the fasting and prayers in them. I know that God has taken your play. Yesterday, after the fasting in my room, something happened to me. I had an encounter in my room. Yeah. And so I know that your testimony has already come. I had a serious encounter with God. Just like Moses, I don't know what happened to me. First Samuel chapter 4. Now the Israelites went out to fight against the Philistines. The Israelites camped at Ebenezer and the Philistines at Aphek. The Philistines deployed their forces to meet Israel. And as the battle spread, Israel was defeated by the Philistines who called about 4,000 of them on the battlefield. You can highlight that part. When the soldiers returned to camp, the elders of Israel asked, why did the Lord bring defeat on us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of the Lord's covenant from Shiloh so that he may go with us and save us from the hand of our enemies. So the people sent men to Shiloh and they brought back the ark of the covenant of the Lord Almighty who is enthroned between the cherubim. And Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. Now when the ark of the Lord's covenant came into the camp, all Israel raised such a great shout that the ground shook. Hearing the uproar, the Philistines asked, what's all the shouting in the Hebrew camp? When they learned that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid. A God has come into the camp. They said, oh no, nothing like this has happened before. We are doomed who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods. They are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues in the wilderness. Be strong, Philistines. Be men or you will be subject to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought and the Israelites were defeated and every man fled to his tent. The slaughter was very great. Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. The ark of God was captured and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died. Verse 12. I'm reading to verse 20. That same day, a Benjamite ran from the battle line and went to Shiloh with his clothes torn and dust on his head. When he arrived, there was Eli sitting on his chair by the side of the road, watching because his heart feared for the ark of God. When the man entered the town and told what had happened, the whole town sent up a cry. Eli heard the outcry and asked, what is the meaning of this uproar? 
the man hurried over to Eli, who was 90 years old and whose eyes had failed so that he could not see. He told Eli, I have just come from the battle line. I fled from it this very day. Eli asked, what happened? My son, the man who brought the news replied, Israel fled before the Philistines and the army has suffered heavy losses. Also, your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead. And the ark of God has been captured. When he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell backward of his chair. By the side of his gate, his neck was broken and he died. For he was an old man and he was heavy. He had led Israel 40 years. His daughter-in-law, the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant and near the time of delivery. When she heard the news that the ark of God had been captured and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she went into labor and gave birth, but was overcome by her labor pains. As she was dying, the woman attending her said, Don't despair, you have given birth to a son. But she did not respond or pay any attention. She named the boy Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel because of the capture of the ark of God and the deaths of her father-in-law and her husband. She said, The glory has departed from Israel for the ark of God has been captured. Father, we thank you for another day given to us. We ask that let there be a manifestation of your power this morning. Speak to us, Lord and minister to our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Looking at this scripture, we realize that the Israelites and the Philistines were at war. And during those days, the people in those days used to go for war. These were the days where judges used to rule. And then if we look through the times of judges, we realize that um, there was so much war in the times of people like Samson, people like Gideon, the other people as well. So in those days, there were no kings yet. There was not a king yet, but judges used to rule. These judges also happened to be prophets as well. Now, there was a man by the name Eli who happened to be a priest of the Lord and also a prophet. Now, Eli was a man who had two sons, one, Hophni, number two, Phinehas. Now, when you look at the life of Hophni and Phinehas, Eli once received a word from the Lord and God was very angry with Eli because of his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. What had they done? Now, when you read through 1 Samuel chapter 2, okay, from verse 12 to 25, this is what you realize. The Bible says that Eli's sons were evil men and they did not care about the Lord. They did not care about how priests were supposed to treat people. Now, this was what they were doing. Whenever someone brings a sacrifice, priests are supposed to put the meat in a, in a pot of boiling water. Then their servant is supposed to get the three-pronged fork and use it to get some meat out of the pot or kettle. The priest is supposed to take whatever his helper removes from the pot with a special fork. That is what they were supposed to. It's like a rite that they are supposed to perform in the house of the Lord. This is what the priest should have done for the Israelites who came to offer sacrifices at Shiloh. So whenever um, people bring sacrifice, uh, the priest will put the meat in a pot of boiling water. And then the servant is supposed to get the three-pronged fork. It's a fork with, with three um, um three pointed sites where he will um, use it to get the meat out of the pot or kettle. 
then the priest is supposed to take whatever his helper removes. That's the servant from the pot with a, with a special fork. Now, this was what the sons of Eli were doing, Hophni and Phinehas. Even before the fat was burned on the altar, okay, after the boiling of the, the pork, they will now place it on the altar and then they will burn it. And then, I mean, it, it will appear before the Lord as a sacrifice, okay, directly. So, Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were evil men in a sense that even before the fat was burned on the altar, these people would take from the pork, okay? They would take the sacrifice and then they would defile themselves with the sacrifice. The sacrifice that was supposed to be given to God. Eli's sons, they didn't respect the sacrifice. So they would take the sacrifice and they would defile themselves of the sacrifice. And so God appeared before Eli very angry and told him that this was what his sons were doing and because his sons were doing it eli was aware of it and he did not prompt his son and discipline his son so god told eli his household he was going to cut a shot his sons were going to die eli himself was going to die now these were the times where um, the israelites were also going for war and the ark of god was not in israel as at that time so when Israel went for their first war, what happened was that they were defeated. And the Bible rec records that about 4,000 of them died on the battlefield. Now, the Bible says that when the soldiers returned to the camp, the elders of Israel asked, why did the Lord bring defeat on us today before the Philistines? Because they didn't understand what was wrong. Now, follow me from the beginning of what I said. They didn't really understand. Ah, we the Israelites, we believe that God is with us. We'll go for battle and then all of a sudden we'll be defeated. And I mean, the Bible records that this was a great defeat because for 4,000 people to die, it's not an easy thing. Let's, let, let us bring it to our, our normal world. It's like you are looking at your life right now and your family and um, you, you are supposed to, I mean, succeed because you have been told by a prophet, okay, God is supposed to be with you and whatever that you do is supposed to go well. But all of a sudden, you realize in your life that things are not going well. People are just dying like that. Defeat. Work is not working. Education, not working. Money, bad. And you ask yourself that, ah, is God really with me? I go to church. I worship God. I serve at church. I do everything. I pray. I do everything. But yes, so things are not working. So this was the same thing that was happening to the Israelites. So they asked themselves that, what is actually happening? How come we were defeated by these Philistines who were enemies of God? So this is what they decided. At that time, the ark of God was not with them. It was in Shiloh. It was in Shiloh. What does Shiloh mean? The Bible says that it's an Hebrew word. And it means peace. A place of peace. So this was where the ark of God was kept. I want you to follow up. So the Israelites decided that, okay, fine. If that's the case, let us go and bring the ark of God. And the ark of God in those days represented, sorry, represented the, the presence of God in the midst of the people. Actually, the ark of God was supposed to be in the tabernacle. In other words, was supposed to be in the house of God, where only the priests could enter. When you read Exodus, you understand all these things that I'm saying. Now, these people went to bring the ark of God, and their mindset was that, okay, fine. If we have brought the ark of God, if we are going to bring the we are bringing it because we know that God is going to save us from the hands of of our enemies and so we can see this in verse 3 it says that let us bring the ark of the lord's covenant from shiloh so that he may go with us 
and save us from the hand of our enemies. This was their mindset, thinking that it was possible that they will, they will, they will um, conquer the Philistines this time, the next time they go for war. So the Bible records that they brought the ark of God from Shiloh, and then they enthroned it between the cherubim and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. Listen, when they brought the ark of God, Eli's two sons, the people who had been defiling the, the, the sacrifices that were brought, they were also there. They were also there. They were also there. Now, verse 5. When the ark of the Lord's covenant came into the camp, oh, they were happy. Yes, we have won. These Philistines, oh, they were jubilating, dancing, celebrating. Yes, yes. Today we have gotten them. We will go for the next war and will defeat. Now, dear, everything must work. Everything must work. And I mean, you relate it to this time. Like a prophet has prayed for you. And then you come on and say, now, dear, Charlie, this prophet, like Charlie, he, dear, he is the man, he carries the presence. Charlie, when he prays for everyone, everything must turn around. As for this prophet, that is all. He has brought me deliverance. And I, so I know that this time, everything is going to work in my family. And then the Bible says, when they were jubilating, the Philistines, they heard the voice of the Israelites. And they, and they became a Philistine. They were like, hey, these people have gone to bring a God. They have gone to bring a God. Now you see, in the ancient days, when people shout, it represents victory. It represents victory. In the ancient days, when people shout, it represents it like the walls of Jericho. And like yesterday, what, what I was sharing concerning the shouting that released the glory of God, who descended upon the people. So when people shouted, it represented that victory has come. All right. So then when the, the Israelites began to shout, the Philistines were like, hey, Asamaba, we are in trouble. These people have gone to bring a God. These people have gone to bring a God. We must make sure that we do whatever that it takes before these people come and fight us, else they will kill us. So they started encouraging themselves. They started encouraging themselves. Look, you just follow it. I'm going to relate it to our normal lives so that we understand from the message. They were like, yes. So they started encouraging themselves. And they were like, my Philistines, Philistines, my people, I mean, with your leader, be very strong, be very strong, be very strong, be men, or you'll be subject to these Hebrews as they have been to you, be men and fight. So the Bible says that the Philistines went for the war. They attacked the Israelites and there was war. And the Bible says that the Israelites were defeated. The same people who were jubilating that the ark of God, which I mean, if um, you go to carry the ark of God, the ark of God, into your presence and you believe so much that the presence of God is with you. But the Bible says that they were defeated and every man fled to his tent. The Bible says that the slaughter was very great. Even than previously, previously 4,000 people died. But this time, Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers before 4,000. Now 30,000, which means that 26,000 had come to add up. And the Bible says that the ark of God was captured and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died. Now, afterwards, a Benjamite ran, went to inform Eli, who was eight years old, who was afraid that the ark of God, you see, Eli was a prophet. He was a prophet. So he, I mean, for a prophet, sometimes when something bad is about to happen, you sense it because you have that descending spirit. When the man reported it to him, Eli fell down right by his gate and he broke his neck and his back. Bible records that he was even old. Again, the, the, the two sons 
they died. Hophni and Phineas, they died. And then the wife of Phineas, who was pregnant and was about to deliver, in labor and about to deliver at that point in time, when she heard the news, immediately she began to lose her life. So you see, the Bible records that she went into labor and gave birth, but was overcome by her labor pains. And she was dying. The woman attending her said, Don't despair. You have given birth to a son. But she did not respond or pay any attention. She couldn't. She named the boy Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel. Ichabod, the glory has departed from Israel. This morning, I want to share with you concerning why the presence of God, the glory of God departs from our lives yes you see sometimes many of us try to use the name of the lord in vain sometimes many of us find ourselves in a particular sin but yet still think we can go ahead with the flow in our christian life sometimes many of us even in our family members there are certain things that have taken control of the family, which has become a foundation. Some of them can be adultery. Some of them can be idol worshiping. Some of them can be disobedience. Some of them can be, I mean, defiling God's altar or his presence himself. Some of them, people have cursed the God, the living God. And so now it becomes a foundation in the family. And you see, even though maybe sometimes the sin may not be from you, but in your foundation by your ancestors, You'll be going through certain challenges. you move about. You'll not understand why all these things is happening to you. You try everything possible, but it's not working. You try everything possible, but it's not working. You try everything possible, but it's not working. And you ask yourself, why is this happening to me? And then as I was saying, you go here. You meet a man of God. You meet a prophet. You meet this one. This a pastor, an apostle, an evangelist, a teacher. All the, all the men of God in the world. But yet still, things are not changing. And you ask yourself, why is all this happening to me? Brethren, I am here to make you understand that the reason why sometimes the glory of God departs, the glory of God cannot stay, the presence of God cannot stay, and you see this defeat is because of the spirit of Hophni and Phinehas, because of that spirit of disobedience. You see, when God gives you a path to follow, he knows the reason why he gives you that path. To follow but you see for some of us because we don't concentrate on the path that god has given to us we end up doing things that we think is right for us and we end up even defiling ourselves you see our body is the temple of god our body is the temple so and you, you see hopefully and finish actually defiling the things in the temple of god so you see sometimes we defy our flesh our body is the temple of God. And what we feed our flesh with actually brings the wrath and the anger of God to us. You see the sicknesses that are happening in this world nowadays, like HIV, AIDS, hepatitis B, diabetes, cancer, all kinds of sicknesses. I remember one time, one lady of a pastor friend of mine I know, young lady, as at the age of 9, 10 years, had cancer, had cancer at that age. And the lady died. Yeah. One lady who happened to be in my church, left the church, went about doing all the things that she was doing. Later on, she came backwards and she was, she was telling me she wasn't feeling well. She went to the hospital and she was told that she has high blood pressure. Very young lady, high blood pressure. I was asking myself that at that age, you see people, very young, diabetes. I know of a lady, a member in my church, who left the church with diabetes. 
very strange sicknesses in this world today. And I ask myself that, where is all these things coming from? And you see, take the Philistines as the devil's people, okay, in our days. Take the Philistines as the enemy. You might go to church, go everywhere, thinking that, yes, a great deliverance has come. And the enemy will spot and say, this man has gone to meet Dagi Wadmil, so this man has gone to meet his student about, hey, this one has, man has gone to meet Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams, so the father of the charismatic, the demon, so they will realize and they will say, hey, this time, dear, the way these people are jubilating, I think, we think that we have been defeated. Then you see, the Bible says that when a demon leaves you and he goes out of you, he goes into a dry place looking for a place to rest. I'm going to give you that scripture. But the demon does not find a place to rest. And so the demon says, demon speak. I want you to understand. The demon says to itself, let me go back to the place where I found rest. You see, demons are always moving around looking for a body to dwell in. I remember in those days, my spiritual father, when he was um, doing deliverance, there will be some dogs outside the park and you will suck the demons. Go, enter the dogs, enter the dogs. And once the demons leave, the next thing you see, the dogs are barking. The dogs are barking. Demons are real. The Bible says that when it finds no place to rest, it says to itself, let me come back to the place where I found rest. But the Bible says that when the demon is coming back, it comes back with seven other wicked and stronger demons. So this time, it is not just as, um, 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 one demon that is coming, but seven other demons, including that demon, making eight, then they'll come and rest in that person. <laughs> And so sometimes we think that it is done. We go to someone like Archbishop Duncan Williams. We go to a, a great prophet, a man of God, the whole world. Someone like Benin or Pastor Chris. And we know that, yes, Charlie, that is all. I've received my healing. See, that is why there are some people, they receive their healing today. But tomorrow, then they are sick again. I remember one lady who I, I prayed for, who, has, who had diabetes that I prayed for. And I fasted with just one day. After that, I told her to go to the hospital to go and check. When she went, the sugar level had completely reduced, reduced completely, indicating that she was gradually receiving the healing. The next time, the next following week she went, the thing had risen even more. If it, had, it had risen even more, even more. Yes. And I was asking God, ah, how possible could this? You see, there are some of us, when we receive our deliverance, we cannot maintain them. Yes. When the Israelites brought the ark of God into the camp, they were jubilating. I'm sure they were making merry. They were drinking, forgetting that the Philistines were still around. And you see, the Philistines were preparing themselves to come and attack them. They were charging themselves. He said, that, my people, Philistines, be strong, be strong, else you let these Hebrew people take over. Now, in the midst of the jubilation as the Israelites were jubilating and thought that they had won. They were not preparing themselves to face the enemy. And then they came to take over them. And the Bible says that the slaughter was great from 4,000 to 30,000. Let me make you understand something. We have fasted and prayed and the presence of God has descended. For some of us here, I'm very sure now you feel like your prayer life has come. You have become more spiritual than ever. 30 hours, ah, it will not be the same. But when you are jubilating, and saying that, yes, you have been able to achieve this. What is not possible? Remember that the devil is still alive. 
The Bible says he's roaming around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You see, the Bible said that after the devil attempted Jesus Christ and he left, and, and Jesus Christ overcame him, the Bible says that he left for a while. Do you know the next time the devil came? He came through the Pharisees. The devil came through Peter. The devil came through Judas Iscariot. He did everything possible, the devil I'm talking about, to put him on the cross, to put him to his death. Yes. So you see, don't be so happy yet. Don't jubilate yet. Your deliverance has come. Your blessing has come. You need to maintain it. You need to sustain it. Else the glory will depart. Some of us, as we have fasted and prayed, we have spent time in prayer. And I mean, you have prayed. You feel like, well, God has come to you. And so now you feel like it's okay to go back again. I'm here to tell you the glory of God has come, but it can depart. The glory of God has come to stay, but it can depart if you don't take care. You see, when the Philistines defeated the Israelites, they took the ark of God away from the land. And I'm here to tell you, for some of you, if you don't take care, the enemy will come and steal your glory. You come and steal your beauty. You come and steal your faith. The Bible says that the thief cometh not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. I don't know if I'm speaking to someone here. That altar in your family that has been broken, it can be raised back again. That demonic altar can be raised back again. If you are not careful, if you are not alert, it can come back again. If you don't take care, the spirit of Phineas and Hophni can take control again and you might defile your body or you might find yourself in a particular sin that you have dealt with through the prayers that we prayed. Now God has understood you. He has accepted you. He has allowed his glory, his presence to descend upon you. From now on, things will go on well for you. You will do well in every area. You are blessed. You are highly favored. I know it will happen. Testimonies will flow. But remember, what you have received, if you don't take care, you will lose it. Please, am I speaking? Can you hear me? Can you hear what I'm saying? If you don't take care, if you don't take care, if you don't take care. For some of us, we were addicted with so many things. After the prayers, you have realized that things are changing. You have realized that things are changing. If you don't maintain your deliverance, let me read that. Let me give that scripture to you so that you put it down. Okay. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 45. Matthew 12, verse 45. Everyone put the scripture down. Put the scripture down. Matthew chapter 12, 44. Going downwards. And I'm going to read it. Matthew 12, 44 to 46. Then it says, let me go to verse 40, 43. Matthew 12. Let's read from verse 43. I'm reading. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places, dry places, desert lands, seeking rest, and does not find it. Matthew 12, 43. Please be there. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied. You see, the Israelites were making merry, forgetting that the Philistines were there. It says, it finds the house that has been unoccupied, swept clean and put in order. I'm here to tell you, things have been swept in your life. Things are clean in your life. Things have been put in order in your life. And I declare that that is how it is. But the Bible says that when the demon comes and it finds it clean, it goes back again and it takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. 
and the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. Now let us go back to First Samuel chapter 4. The Bible says from verse 2, it says that the Philistines deployed their forces to meet Israel. And as the battle spread, Israel was defeated by the Philistines who killed about 4,000 of them on the battlefield. Now let us go to verse, verse 5. Verse 5. Verse 4. So the people went sent men to Shiloh and they brought back the ark of the covenant of the Lord Almighty. Yes, things were being put in order. Who was enthroned between the cherubim and Eli's two sons? Don't forget that your sins are still hovering around. What you have been delivered from is still hovering around you. If you don't take care, the demon will come back again and use it. Look, fornication is something that is in the world. HIV AIDS is something that is in the world. COVID-19 is something that is in the world. You have been delivered from all these things because God's presence is with you. But that doesn't mean that it is not still in the world. All these things are still here because there are principalities and powers guarding them. So when they were delivered, they were shouting, the hack of God, the hack of God. And the Philistines heard it and they were like, hey, this is what they have done. Okay. So they started charging. They started charging. They started charging. And they went back to fight them. And the Bible says that that day there was a great slaughter and about 30,000 foot soldiers, foot soldiers defeated. Even Eli, who was a priest and a prophet, and his two sons, who were also serving as priests in the house of God. Let me tell you. Let me tell you this. It doesn't matter whether you have men of God in your family or women of God in your family. If the devil wants to get you, he will get you. So you need to be alert. Remember the scripture. It comes back again with seven other spirits, more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. Jesus said, that is how it will be with this wicked generation. Now imagine you already have seven other wicked demons living in you and you find someone find someone that helps you to take away all these demons these seven other wicked demons along with that one person eight they go back and they realize that they find no place to rest and they come back eight times eight 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 sixty four hey yes sixty four sixty four other demons will come and dwell again sixty four other demons and that state of that person will be more worse listen to me Maybe you are here, I'm ending. You have dealt with the spirit of lust, the spirit of fornication. Maybe you are here, you have dealt with lying or stealing. Maybe you are here, you have dealt with deception. You have dealt with a family altar, spiritual marriage. But remember, these things are still around. They are still around. And if you don't take care and you let loose, and you think that everything is okay, I cannot maintain my blessing by continually praying and being in the spirit. I'm here to tell you they will come back again. So be very careful. This is a word of caution to everyone. Be very careful. Be very careful. Jesus said, be alert and pray, lest you fall into temptation. Don't let the devil take away the blessing that God has given to you. Don't agree. Don't allow the devil to steal what you have fought within these three days of prayer and fasting that we spent. Don't let him do that. Don't let him. 
we are lifting our voice and as we are ending we are lifting we are saying that father no matter what it takes help me not to lose the deliverance the restoration the blessing the empowerment that you have given to me your glory never to depart from my life somebody lift your voice wherever you are and begin to pray this is coffee k and it's a blessing to know you are here kindly subscribe to my podcast on apple podcast and podcast addict on android play store also follow my page on instagram and facebook with the same name and i'll be glad to hear from you stay safe and god bless you